so excited for all of you that are here. And we are having a crusade right here in North America, right here in Palm Bay, right here in Bavard County. We can have a crusade. People can be baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. In the midst of a crisis, God is still king. Amen? Jesus is his name. Amen. God bless you. I'm so glad that you are here. And uh, we're going to plan on doing the same thing again next Sunday, Easter Sunday. One service, 10 o'clock, just like today. And we're going to have a great time. You're going to want to come early next Sunday, Easter Sunday. And uh, we're supposed to have uh, Spectrum 13 with us this morning. And they got called off on covering a, a new testing site that was opening up up in uh, Central Bavard. But they did promise us they would be here next week. But we're going to have a great time. We're just going to be ourselves. Amen. This is awesome. Just honking the horns and flashing the lights. Amen. It's just so good to see all of God's people. Hallelujah. I love it. Amen. We've been preaching to a camera that is silent for almost three weeks now. And we have been missing all of the church family saying amen, hallelujah. So this is a special treat and a joy. Uh, we did want to let you know another th uh, item that's in your bag is a, a letter that you want to keep with you in your vehicle. And uh, we're so thankful the governor has said that churches are essential, especially during this time. And so that letter just keep with you. If there's ever any problem, you'll have that that shows that you're out and about uh, for church-related activities. So, you know, don't abuse that and use it for going to, you know, uh, Publix. But if you're coming to church, you'll know that you're going to be okay. And we're so thankful we have Palm Bay police officers that are here helping us with traffic. And I think we ought to give a big shout-out to all the people that are working to help us park our parking lot team and our usher team and our technology team and all of our singers and worship leaders and musicians. What a great church family we have. Amen. God is good, and we're so happy to have evangelist Dylan Morgan with us. He's going to be with us for uh, several months, and we're just going to have revival right through the middle of all of this. And we're going to believe that God's going to keep blessing, and we've been getting so many great reports of miracles and people being filled with the Holy Ghost in their homes. Amen. We're reaching some four to 5,000 people every day with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, you know what, folks? God is showing that he's still God in any situation. The Lord is still Lord. So we're excited. I believe God's going to meet with us today as we look into the word of God. And then at the conclusion, we're going to receive communion. But I call your attention to the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 12. And we will begin reading in verse 21. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 21. I also want to say that this week is uh, Dr. Myers's birthday as well. So we celebrate and congratulate Dr. Margaret Myers, who's right here. <laughs> Amen. I think I could do this every Sunday. I really like this. <laughs> we only got three amens on that one. <laughs> We got a really big, beautiful church over there just waiting for us to reassemble. When we get back in there, 
We're going to tear it up. Amen. God is good. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. Another version of the Bible says, Slaughter the Passover lamb. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop, was like a type of plant, only it had these long, stiff branches, and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? That ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshiped God with their horns and their lights. <laughs> I want to speak to you today on this subject, the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb. I believe that as we look to the Word of God, the Lord will speak to us, and I want us to begin in prayer one more time. Would you bow your heads and would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for this Passover lamb that your word has revealed to us. We ask you, Lord, now as we go into this special time of this service where the word of God goes forth, I pray, Lord, that our hearts and minds would be fertile ground, that the word can find a place, a good ground, to take root in our hearts and our spirits. And I pray, God, that you would cover every one of our homes, every one of our families, Anoint us, Lord, so that we can lift you up at this particular time. In this season of uncertainty, we celebrate the certainty of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. This day is universally recognized as Palm Sunday because it denotes the time frame that Jesus rode triumphantly into Jerusalem just days before the crucifixion on Calvary. The Bible records that children and adults waved palm branches as Jesus passed in the streets. This was the way that the common people chose to signify their appreciation and their conviction that Jesus was their healer and their savior. Today, much emphasis is given to the days that commemorate the week ahead of us. For some, it may be tradition and for others, it may be holiday. But for Christians that believe in a living Savior, 
It is the cornerstone of our faith. And never in my lifetime has it been more appropriate than today. This Palm Sunday, this Lamb, this Savior, in this hour of crisis. This day is the day that starts a walk down memory lane, not for nostalgic value alone, but for the purpose of obeying the command of Christ, that we would call to remembrance the events of this time. The path that the Lord chose for us to remember is called communion. Jesus instructed his followers to take of the fruit of the vine and unleavened bread, to remember the blood that was shed and the body that was broken for the sins of humanity. This time of remembrance is interwoven with the joyful arrival of Christ into Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago. We rejoice because the cross gives us access to the mercy of Christ and salvation for our soul. But ladies and gentlemen, it did not start on Palm Sunday, and it did not start in Jerusalem. It started thousands of years before it started in Egypt. It started with a Passover lamb. Egypt was powerful, the most powerful nation in the world. It had the best army. It had the most wealth. But it was not more powerful than Jehovah God. I want to start by talking to you today about three things. The first point. Let me get another microphone. The Passover lamb that we want to talk about today, first of all, I want to remind you of the superior nature of the Passover lamb. We live in the greatest nation in this world. It has the best army. It has the most freedoms. It has the greatest wealth. But right now, it, like many other countries, are being brought to its knees by a microscopic invisible virus. The coronavirus is doing what armies and missiles and tanks could not do. It is bringing the might of this world to a standstill. But I have come to proclaim to this great audience that it is not more powerful than the mighty God in Christ. I believe that God will heal the land and deliver us if we look up. If we understand that there is nothing stronger, there is nothing greater, visible or invisible, there is nothing more powerful than the Lamb of God, than the Passover Lamb, and it is a covering to God's people. Ladies and gentlemen, he has all power. He has all authority. When God called Moses out of the wilderness to be his spokesman, to tell Pharaoh to let my people go, he was not asking Pharaoh for permission. He was showing his people his power. I want to state that again. He was not asking Pharaoh for permission because Jehovah God doesn't need anybody's permission to protect and to deliver his people. But he was showing his people his power. He knew that they were going into a wilderness. 
and that their faith was going to be tested. He knew that they had gotten used to 430 years of living under the cover of the Egyptian nation. And that cover was getting ready to be snatched off. Ladies and gentlemen, could it be that God is wanting to show his people his power in 2020? We have been enjoying this democratic experience as the Founding Fathers described the birth of this nation for a long time now. We have been blessed. We have enjoyed living in America, the greatest nation on this earth. But I have come to remind you that God is greater. God is higher. God is more powerful. And the Passover lamb is the vaccination for sin and every disease that is on this earth, the ones that we know and the ones that we don't know, there is a vaccination. We've already got the vaccination, and it is the blood of Jesus Christ. When Moses learned that he could throw his staff down and it would turn to a snake, and then he could pick it up and it would turn back to a, a, a staff, he had the confidence to head to Pharaoh's palace. And when Pharaoh questioned his audacity, he did the trick with the stick, and Pharaoh was not impressed. He called his magicians, and they did the same thing. There was a lot of snakes on the floor of that palace, but before Moses could reach down and pick up his snake and pray that it turned back to a staff, he noticed, along with everyone else, that his snake was eating up all of the other snakes. You see, my friend, God let the magicians pull their black magic just long enough to show them that this was his show and that he was king. Those magicians walked out of there defeated and they also lost their sticks. When God gets done with sin, it is not only defeated, it's out of ammo. It leaves empty. It leaves powerless. You know why? Because Jesus Christ is the king, and we're his kids, and we're his children, and the Passover lamb is a protection to God's children. You see, Jehovah God showed his people that he was king in Egypt. And when he rode triumphantly into Jerusalem, and the people waved palm branches, they shouted out, He is king. Luke 19, 37. And when he was come nigh, even now, at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King, the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples that's what drove the pharisees crazy was that the people acknowledged that he was king they couldn't come to grips with the fact that jesus was superior but i want to shout out into these airways and i know there's a greater challenge when we leave that building and we begin to proclaim the gospel through the airways 
But I'm thankful that we've got intercessor prayer warriors that are praying every time there's a message going out on Facebook or going out on the website or going out on YouTube or going out in this parking lot. There's intercessor prayer warriors because we're taking the gospel into the airways. But I've come to say into the airways that the Passover lamb is superior. He is greater. When John got a look into heaven, we read about it in Revelation 15. And I saw another sign in heaven. Great and marvelous seven angels having the seven last plagues. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. And we already are in heaven now. But they're singing the song of Moses because there's a thread of consistency from the Passover lamb in Egypt all the way through to the end time. And what we see is happening in heaven. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the lamb. Here's what they're saying. Great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways. Thou King of saints, who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou art holy for all nations. Somebody say all nations. Shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. Revelation 17, 13. These have one mind. And shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb. And the lamb shall overcome them. The lamb shall overcome them. Why? For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. I'm thankful for those that are called and chosen and faithful. Because the lamb, the Passover lamb, is going to protect and is going to give victory to the called and the chosen and the faithful. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be worth it all. I said it's going to be worth it all. Because the Passover lamb will give you the victory. But it is not only a superior nature, but he also has a cleansing power. Not only is it the superior nature of the Passover lamb, but it is the cleansing power of the lamb. Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. In the human body, there are many different kinds of tissues. We define them as muscle and nerve and fat and gland and bone and connective tissue, etc. And all of these tissues have one thing in common. They are fixed cells, microscopically small, and having a specific and limited function. But unlike these fixed tissues, the blood is fluid and mobile. That is... It's not limited to one part of the body, but it is free to move throughout the entire body. 
and supply the fixed cells with nourishment and carry off the waste products and the ashes of cell activity. That is a process that we commonly call metabolism. In the normal human body, there are about five quarts of this fluid. And this blood pumped by the heart circulates through the system about every 23 seconds so that every cell in the body is constantly supplied and cleansed. And at the same time, it is in constant communication with every other cell in that same body. The church is called His body in this Bible that you and I hold so near and dear to our heart. And the book records, and I quote, that we are members of His body and severally members one of another. Not only that, the Bible says that we were created in His image. So in this body, Jesus Christ is the head, and all born-again believers are the members. These members are related by the blood of Jesus Christ. As essential as the blood is to our human body, so is the blood of the Lamb essential to the body of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we are essential. We are essential, not because the government says we are, but we are essential because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords said, I will protect my people. This blood not only supplies us with the oxygen or the breath of God through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but it also is what washes us of our sins and takes all the guilt and the pain and the hurt, and it cleans us from the inside out. The old song we used to sing says, Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? In Revelation, we read that the saints of God had washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. Think about that. Washing in blood, and they become white. If you wash your clothes in man's blood, I can assure you they will not be white. But in Christ, that spotless, sinless blood, they become white. I'm talking about the cleansing power of the Passover Lamb. The white blood cells in the human body are larger than the red blood cells, but fewer in number. They are normally around five to 7,000 per cubic millimeter, where the red cells are about 5 million for the same area. But the white cells can increase very rapidly in case of an emergency. The normal standing army of white blood cells are about 7,000 per cubic millimeter, but they can double and even triple when trouble comes. When an infection occurs anywhere in the body, the body is under attack by an enemy army of germs. The news is flashed back to the camp where the white cells are manufactured, and immediately the organ turns out more cells and rushes them to the point of infection. The white cells are the soldiers of the body. They attack the enemy by engulfing and surrounding it. They lay siege to the bacteria causing the problem. 
If you prick your finger and infection gets in it, it gets all red and it gets all swollen, that is because the blood is being rushed to that area and it's carrying all of these little soldiers of white blood cells to that area. Millions of these soldiers gather in one place and they fight to their death where they form what is commonly called pus. So now the battle is turning. The wound that was red and angry and swollen now comes to a head. The pus is expelled, and the pus is made up of serum and dead soldiers, millions of white cells, which gave their lives in the battle of the body. Immediately at that point, ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens in the human body. The blood and other white cells come in. They clean up the battlefield, and they build new tissue until all is healed and nothing but a scar remains. And then the white cells return back to their normal peacetime number. Now, there must be something inside of us that causes these white blood cells to multiply. There must be an internal infection, like an appendicitis. You can prick your finger and you can examine the blood and you can see the white cells are increasing in number, but not everything is visible. Some things are happening invisible, but just because you can't see it, it doesn't mean the white blood cells are not multiplying. They are building a larger army and there is a fight underway that may not be obvious. Can I tell you that in the spirit world, there is a fight that is underway, but the Passover lamb and the blood of the lamb you supplying us with a cleansing power. And I've come to proclaim to this great church, it's not just going to heal us of our physical bodies, but there is a God that wants to heal this nation of our spiritual crisis. And it's the blood of the Lamb. What the blood in our bodies does in the time of danger is what the blood of the Lamb does for the body of Christ. The blood of the Passover lamb will cleanse us from any virus. Sin is defeated. Coronavirus is defeated. Cancer is defeated. It doesn't matter what you may have. I've come to tell you, it's got to all bow to the superior blood of the Passover lamb. There's nothing greater. There's nothing more cleansing. It's in the blood of the lamb. But the third point that I want to make to you today is the application of the lamb. When the Israelites marked their doorposts with lamb's blood in order for the angel of death to pass over them, God instructed them to use a bunch of hyssop as a paintbrush. This was probably because hyssop was sturdy and could withstand the brushing. But it was also likely significant that God was marking his people as pure and not targets of the judgment God was about to deal out to the Egyptians. It's interesting as you study this word hyssop throughout the Bible. David also mentions hyssop in Psalm 51.7, that great psalm where he prays that powerful prayer of repentance after his sins. He says this in verse 7, Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. This Psalms 51 is a psalm of repentance and contrition for the sins of David. And David does not refer here to a physical cleansing. Rather, he is asking God to cleanse him spiritually as he confesses his sin. But it doesn't stop there. Hyssop also appears at the crucifixion of Jesus 
when the Roman soldiers offered Jesus a drink of wine vinegar on a sponge at the end of the stalk of hyssop. John records in the 19th chapter, this was in fact Jesus' last act before he declared his work on earth finished and gave up his spirit. And while the hyssop stalk may have been used for purely practical purposes, it is possible that God meant this as a picture of purification as Jesus brought our forgiveness with his sacrifice. Just as in the Old Testament blood, the hyssop purified a defiled person. So Jesus shed blood purifies us from the defilement of our sin. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that you and I can have forgiveness of sins, that you don't have to live your life under the weight of sin and pain and shame and hurt and heartache. But there is the blood of Jesus. There is the blood of a Passover lamb that still flows this very day and this very hour. And it is where we find salvation. It comes to us through the cleansing power of the blood of the lamb. The application of the lamb was hyssop. This hyssop represents repentance. The blood of the Passover lamb in the Old Testament and in the New is repentance. Ladies and gentlemen, that principle is given to us throughout all the Word of God. For perhaps in no verse is it more poignant than in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. For the hour that we live in today, if my people, which are called by my name, if that's not us, I don't know who it is. If my people, which are called by my name, what's that name? Jesus! At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess. If my people, which are called by my name, here comes the application of the Lamb, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then... Then will I hear from heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, when that last night in Egypt was about to occur, it wasn't enough for the children of Israel to just know the plan of salvation. They had to apply the plan of salvation. It wasn't enough for them to just watch their neighbors do it and look on with curiosity. They had to get the hyssop, and they had to apply the blood to their own door, to their own life, to their own family. It's not enough to just know that we need to repent. It's not enough to just know that we need to pray. It's not enough to just know that we must humble ourselves. But you and I have got to apply it. And if we do, the Lord said, then will I hear from heaven. What's going to happen when he hears from heaven? When he hears from heaven, he's going to forgive their sin and will heal their lamb. He will forgive their sin and will heal the land. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we know we need a healing in the land. But I've come to tell you, we need more than a vaccination for the coronavirus. We need the blood of the Lamb as the vaccination for our culture and our community and our cities and our country and this world. I'm asking you right now in your cars, would you use your prayers right now as the hyssop? And would you apply the blood through words of repentance? You can't do this with horns. You're going to have to do it with your voice. I wonder if you'd lift up your voice. I've been in underground churches in China where the Spirit of God moves so strong that the power of God was stronger than fear. And they got over and opened up the window and they started praying in the Holy Ghost out into their communities. I wonder right now if the family of East Wind Pentecostal would lift their voice right now. And would you pray? And would you shout unto God? And would you say, Lord, forgive us? We are asking you for a touch from heaven. We are asking you to open up the windows of heaven and hear our cry and hear our prayer. Come on, lift up your voice right now. Lift up your voice right now. And would you pray with repentance? We plead the blood of Jesus right now, oh God. We ask you, Lord, to forgive us of every sin. Cleanse our heart and our minds, oh Lord. We ask you, God, that through repentance, you would allow that blood to be applied to our lives, oh God. We're asking that you would heal our homes and heal our families, oh God, and heal our nation, oh God. I'm asking for the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the power of your spirit to be made manifest in this land. I'm asking God that you would do a great miracle so that you would receive all the glory and all the honor and all the praise because there's none that's like unto you, Lord. Forgive us, God, for our indifference. Forgive us, God, for our comforts. Forgive us, Lord, for a place of lackadaisiness, Lord, that we have frowned ourselves in. But, oh, God, I pray that there be an urgency that would come upon the Christians in America. I pray that the Christians of America would rise up and begin to pray like never before. I pray that our homes would become prayer meetings and altars. I pray that our living rooms and dining rooms would become altars. I pray that our bedrooms would become altars. And that, God, every day before we turn on the news, we would lift up our heads. We would lift up our hearts. We would lift up our praise. And we would once again plead the blood of Jesus over everything that we do. We ask you, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, heal us, Lord, from the inside out. Oh, come on, would you clap your hands under the Lord? Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this parking lot. I want you to prepare right now for the communion. If you would go ahead and reach into that bag and make sure that you have a little, a little cup that's in your hand and that you've got this little seal on top of it. And if you'll just wait for just a moment, we'll give you instructions. There's a little wafer that's on top, and we'll receive it here in just a moment. But before we receive this communion,
and we apply the Passover blood, I want to remind you that we are acting in remembrance of Calvary. In Exodus, the Bible records, we read it in our text, that the Lord told the children of Israel, ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye be come to the land, which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. This is why they still keep Passover. And it shall come to pass when the children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? That ye shall say it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed the head and worshiped. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here we are thousands of years later. We not only look back over Egypt and the deliverance of the children of Israel out of captivity, but we also have the spiritual significance of the application of that principle to Calvary and to you and I here in 2020. We receive communion as a memorial of the Passover lamb that is shed abroad in our hearts. But it is of special significance today because we receive this communion as a memorial of how the Passover lamb covered the children of Israel in Egypt. And we are asking God to do the same thing for us today. Just as he covered the children of Israel in Egypt and then told them to do it in remembrance. He told his disciples when his days were short before he would go to Calvary and deal with the bitterness and the hurt and the rejection of that crucifixion, knowing that the power and the purpose of that mission was greater than what he would suffer. And he told them, do it in remembrance of me. Just as he instructed the children of Israel to not forget the Passover lamb that protected them in Egypt, he said to his disciples, keep it as a memorial. Do it in remembrance that you don't ever forget. That was not by accident, ladies and gentlemen. It was because the Passover lamb that saved them in Egypt was now going to be made manifest in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. And it was going to be a Passover lamb that was now going to provide the vaccination, as it were, for not just the children of Israel, but for every man, woman, boy, and girl, regardless of your background, regardless of your nationality, regardless of where you came from. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a Passover lamb that is available for every single person. And he told his followers, do it in remembrance. And so when we pray in just a moment, we're going to ask God if he would cover us and protect us as we do this in remembrance and the significance of it. We're asking the Lord if he would cover our homes one more time, if he would cover our minds and our spirits one more time with the precious blood of the Passover lamb. And give us, Lord, an understanding that we can be in you and not live in fear. For if we are in you, you are going to keep us. I wonder right now, before we receive this communion, could we pray one more time? And I'm asking you to pray that prayer. Pray the prayer of the Passover lamb. And say, God, as we do this in remembrance, I'm asking you, Lord, now to not only cover my home and my house, 
but I need you to cover my heart. Come on, spirits and attitudes and hurts and heartaches. It's the blood of the Lamb that can cover all of that. Would you pray that right now in your cars? Lord, here we stand one more time in your presence. We're not inside that building. We're out here, but, Lord, your presence is the same, and we feel it, Lord, because you said where two or three are gathered, that you would be there in the midst of us, Lord. And, God, we are following the instruction of your word as we receive of this, Lord, the fruit of the vine and this unleavened bread. I'm asking you, God, that the obedience, Lord, that we apply by remembering this as a memorial. I'm asking you, God, that let it just be something, God, that triggers an understanding in our heart that while we do this visibly, Lord, you're doing something invisibly. You're doing something that we may not be able to see with the naked eye, but, God, we feel it in our hearts and in our minds. And, Lord, we ask you to cleanse our heart, cleanse our minds, cleanse our spirits, Lord, and let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow through us one more time. We receive this, God, in remembrance, and we're so thankful, Lord, that you shed your blood for us and that, Lord, the story did not end there. But, Lord, in three days you resurrected. And so, God, we receive this today, and we thank you one more time for the blood of Jesus. And all of God's people said, in Jesus' name. Let's receive communion together right now.
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I believe God's going to work miracles. Hallelujah. I said, I believe God's going to work miracles. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says that when he told them to keep this as a remembrance, that the people bowed the head and worshiped. We have bowed our head in repentance, not as a one-time thing, but we want to live in the spirit of repentance. But we're also going to live in the spirit of worship. And we're going to find something every day to say, thank you, Jesus. This has actually been a good time to rearrange our priorities and to say, thank you, Lord, for my health. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my church. Thankful for the blood of Jesus. Thankful for the Holy Spirit. Thankful for your name. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's worship him with our lights. Let's worship him with our horns. Let's worship him in the shout of triumph. He is great and greatly to be praised. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. We may be taking precautions to stay separated physically, but we are close spiritually. We are all members of the same body. And we are connected by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. In the name of Jesus, we love you. And the Lord loves you. We'll see you Easter morning.